the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, <clears throat> strategies that will help improve your financial financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. We're securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Christmas is coming. Are we ready? You're counting down to Christmas now. There are only seven more shopping days left before Christmas, and the presents are being wrapped, and the youngsters are in the best behavior because Santa knows he's been naughty and nice. And, and the Christmas cookies are probably being baked this weekend, and I hope some of them are coming my way. Our tree has been decorated for the past week, and everyone has a List of things that have to be done before Christmas. And personally, I'm still trying to get the house decorated for Christmas. Typically, the cold weather has a way of shutting down the outside decorations, ready or not. But uh, since December, the weather has been reasonably good. Even if we complete the uh, decorations, we need to focus on the real meaning of Christmas. It's the religious significance of the birth of Jesus. And sharing that, with our family and friends. It's not the decorations, although they're somewhat important, and even the gifts that count, but rather sharing the meaning of Christmas with our loved ones. And for the younger families, Christmas is really special with our little toddlers. 
the little ones in particular are all excited about Christmas. And Christmas morning is generally a jumble of kids tearing presents apart and filling what Santa brought them. And when it's over, the living room looks like a, looks like a construction site with wrapping paper everywhere and boxes everywhere. And uh, But then Christmas is only once a year. So enjoy it. Take a lot of pictures and look back on them in the, in the future and, and uh, be happy. And in, in between the Christmas planning, we can entertain ourselves by watching the equity market. Uh, this week, <clears throat> global equities were mostly down. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were down for the week. In the UK, the FTSE 100 and the uh, was down, and the DAC uh, and the stock Europe 600 were down for the European Union for the week. And uh, Asia was also down. China's Shanghai Com- Composite was down, and uh, Japan's Nikkei was also down. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed at the Dow Jones closed at 35,000. 365.44, and was down 1.68% for the week. The Standard & Poor 500 closed at 4,620.64, and it was down 1.94% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 15,169.68, and it was down 2.95%, almost 3% for the week. In spite of the strong economy and the strong profit, where companies seem to be able to defend their profit margins uh, despite the high input uh, prices, the market was feeling uncertain this week about two things. One, how much this new COVID-19 variant, this uh, Omicron, uh, will slow the economic recovery and also the latest uh, Federal Reserve plan that was announced Wednesday to speed up the tapering of the bond-buying operation. How will that affect stocks and that are basically at their uh, near their all-time highs? <clears throat> Let's look at the Omicron first. This new variant, the Omicron, uh, is really the wild card. It appeared first in South Africa and... And there's been, you know, uh, the predominant uh, COVID now in the UK as well as South Africa. It appears to be a little bit more, maybe more contagious uh, than the Delta variant, but there's an open question regarding how deadly it is relative to the Delta variant, which still predominates in the United States. Uh, Early results indicate that the Omicron variant is less deadly uh, but the experts, they always introduce a caveat that says it's still too early in the game to be absolutely certain. And uh, basically, the the uh, uh, the results uh, show, according to results from John Hopkins University, as well as the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, show that the uh, the uh, number of cases is ramping up. Uh, presently, the, the cases per day stand at about 122,000 per day. That's up 20.2% over the last two weeks. Uh, the uh, number of hospitalizations 
and these are uh, total U.S. numbers. Uh, the the U- hospitalizations stand at 68,000, and that's up about 20%. And the number of deaths uh, stand at about 1,300 deaths per day, uh, and that's down uh, close to 8% over the last two weeks. So uh, Ohio is, is uh, I don't have all the data for Ohio, but Ohio, the new cases per day is averaging around uh, 8,100 uh, confirmed cases per day. And, uh, you know, while the vaccines that were developed by Pfizer and uh, and uh, uh, the uh, Moderna and J.J. And Johnson & Johnson appear to be less effective against the Omicron, the uh, medical experts agree that the vaccinations do provide protection against uh, hospitalization and deaths. So... Even though the vaccinations aren't strictly geared <clears throat> towards this new variant, uh, they still you might still go through the two or three days of being very, very tired or very, very ill. But hopefully the vaccinations will keep you out of the hospital and out of the, the intensive uh, care unit. So particularly... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, particularly if you get the booster shot on top of the original two shots. In other words, if you get the uh, uh, the booster shot uh, a couple weeks after you get your two booster shots to start the game with, uh, your uh, effectivity or your effectiveness of the original vaccine is about 95%. But uh, over uh, that effectiveness would degrade with time. So uh, results in uh, Israel uh, show that uh, in about six months, that 95% will go down to about 65%. And that's basically the reason for the booster shot. So if you had your, in the the, uh, case of uh, uh, the vaccinations, uh, a lot of the uh, senior people they got vaccinated in the January, February, March time frame. So uh, six months from that brings us down to your effectivity of the uh, of the original vaccinations is wearing off. So then you get out and get yourself scheduled and get yourself a, a booster shot that will bring it up to uh, the original 95%. So uh, it's basically uh, at the present time, only 61% of the population uh, has been vaccinated. But if you take a look at the different age groups, you know, 80, approximately, approximately 87% of those over 65 have been uh, what have received the two shots so far. I don't have any data on how many people have received the booster shots. I've got mine, but, uh, uh, you know, I traveled during the... Uh, uh, Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, it, it saw a lot of people in the, the rest areas on the turnpikes in the Ohio and the Pennsylvania and the Virginia turnpikes. Uh, the restaurants were full again, uh, and uh, uh, most people basically want to get out and enjoy life again and get back to normal. So uh, basically the secret will be to get the three shots uh, if you haven't gotten any shots at all, get the 
start with the first two shots and then follow up with a booster uh, five or six months later. So in any case, uh, you know, it was something that uh, uh, <clears throat> was dwelling on the market uh, this week. And particularly because, you know, the, the weeks around Christmas, uh, these last two weeks of the year, uh, the, the trading uh, is rather thin in the sense that uh, uh, people are taking off and going on vacation and getting ready for Christmas and New Year's. And the other thing that uh, uh, affected people's uh, uh, confidence on uh, this week uh, was the action regarding the, uh, the Federal Reserve in their Federal Open Market Committee meeting uh, that happened Tuesday and Wednesday of this past week. And uh, quoting directly uh, from the uh, transcript of the uh, Chairman Jerome Powell's uh, press conference, he's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, I just took ex- <laughs> it's several pages long, but I just picked out certain uh, pieces of it to, to indicate what they're thinking of is in the important points. And, you know, quote, uh, today in support of these goals, the Federal, Federal Open Market Committee meeting kept interest rates near zero and updated its assessment of the progress that the economy has made towards the criteria specified in the committee's forward guidance from uh, interest rates. In addition, in light of the strengthening labor market and the elevated inflation pressures, we decided to speed up the reduction in our asset purchases. So, and I skip to another part, notwithstanding the effect of the virus and the supply constraints, uh, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting participants continue to foresee rapid growth as shown in our summary economic projections and the median projections for real uh, GDP growth stands at 5.5% this year and 4% next year. Uh, uh, they continue and they say amid improving labor market conditions and very strong demand for workers, the economy has been making rapid progress towards maximum employment. That's one of their two main goals is for Uh, get the employment up, and uh, price stability. So continuing on, uh, at today's meeting, the committee also decided to double the pace of the reduction in the asset purchases. Beginning in uh, mid-January, we will reduce the monthly pace of our net asset purchases by $20 billion for Treasury securities and $10 billion for agency mortgage-backed securities. If the economy evolves broadly as expected, uh, similar reductions in the pace of net asset purchases will likely be appropriate each month, implying that increases in our securities holdings will cease by mid-March. A few months sooner uh, than we anticipated will be made out the plan in early November. We are phasing out our purchases more rapidly because with elevated inflation pressures and rapidly strengthening labor markets, the economy no longer needs increased amounts of policy support. Uh, We remain prepared to adjust the pace 
uh, purchases if warranted uh, by changes in the economic outlook. And even after our balance sheet stops expanding our holdings of securities, we'll continue to foster uh, accommodative uh, financial conditions. Just a a little note to add that the the, um, Federal Reserve holds approximately uh, $8.6 trillion in their uh, holdings of securities. So it is a big bundle. and continue on to what they plan to do here. All uh, participants forecast that this remaining test will be met next year. They're talking about the other thing. The median predict projection for the appropriate levels of the federal funds rate is nine-tenths of one percent at the end of 2022 about half a percentage higher than projected in September. Participants expect a gradual pace of policy firming firming, firming with the level of the federal funds rates gently near estimates of its long-term level by the end of 2024. So basically the gist of it is uh, in September, they started talking about uh, this plan of reducing the amount of bonds they're buying uh, each month. In September, they were buying $120 billion a month of bonds. And that basically goes along with the uh, keeping the uh, federal funds rate at zero for overnight uh, lending and uh, that buying of the bonds uh, decreases the longer maturity uh, bond yields. So that's where they started in September. In October, they began to talk about, well, uh, laying out more of this particular plan and defining it better to, in a better sense. And then uh, in November, they really laid out the plan that they're going to start reducing it at uh, $15 billion. Uh, Fifteen trillion. I'm sorry, fifteen billion dollars a month. They would reduce their bond buying. Well, uh, this meeting that just happened, uh, they said, "Hey, we're going to speed up, and we're going to do thirty billion." So um, that means that uh, in January they're going to be down to sixty billion, and by March they're going to be down to zero. So. They wanted to get the uh, tapering or the bond buying operation done before they begin to increase the uh, uh, federal funds rate. Uh, when they begin to increase the federal funds rate, they expect that uh, at the end, right now it's uh, 0.1%, and that's the, the rate for overnight borrowing by the banks. At the end of 2022, the end of next year, it'll be 0.9%. And then at the end of 2023, it'll be 1.6%. And the end of 2024, it'll be 2.1%. And then the long-term goal is actually to top out at 2.5%. This is for the federal funds rate, the overnight rate. Uh, The numbers I just gave you are... Uh, basically averages, you know, the 18 participants, they 
each one of them puts up their thinking with regard to where the uh, federal funds rates will be in the future. There's 2022, 23, 24, 25. And uh, it looks like a shotgun pattern. And you have to uh, kind of make an eyeball uh, assessment of where the average is. In the numbers I just gave you, uh, nine-tenths of 1% at the end of 2022, 1.6%. At the end of 2023, and 2.1% at the end of 2024. Those are uh, the the average of uh, what the 18 participants uh, this week thought that uh, they should put the federal funds rates at. Now, what happens in the future will depend upon. companies 
It'll increase the, uh, it'll prove the inflation problem. It'll basically slow down the growth of the economy in terms of real GDP. The economy right now is very strong in the sense that it's growing at 5.5% in uh, in 2021. And from the time of the, the, uh, uh, the collapse of the housing market in 2008 till, till now, uh, so be, before uh, the COVID hit, it was rolling along at about uh, uh, 2%. Now it's up to, to close to 5%, over 5%, and they expect with this increase in the interest rates to bring the, uh, the rate of growth down to 4%. So... You're going to see a slowdown in the growth of the economy. Uh, you'll see an increase in the appeal of bonds in the future. That's very different than it is right now because uh, stocks are the only game in town right now, considering what the bonds are paying. And uh, it'll have an impact on the, the uh, price-to-earnings ratio for stocks. So uh, it'll lower these uh, high price-to-earnings ratios in the future. Now, all that will happen gradually, uh, and both the, uh, uh, the the spread of the uh, the uh, this uh, Omicron uh, variant and the increase in the interest rates, uh, they're not going to happen overnight. Uh, the, basically, this week, the market was gripped by the intense volatility in the past week, and uh, some of that is going to spill over into the coming week. As investors continue to weigh the Federal Reserve's plan to raise interest rates and the spread of the uh, uh, Omicron, so uh, these unknowns will just add to the uncertainty and hence the volatility for the next couple of weeks of the year, uh, when the volume is light and uh, people are uh, off on vacation. So uh, that puts the Santa Claus uh, rally in a little bit of a, of a uh, jeopardy. Uh, but hey, the economy is, is strong, and we and the uh, and the companies are showing good profits. And basically, if you take a look at the economy, uh, new home construction that jumped up in November. Uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development reported a 11.8 percent increase in new home starts in November from October, and. Uh, uh, home construction is in a strong position. It's uh, up 11.3% uh, in starts for single-family homes and approximately the same thing for multifamily homes this week. And uh, industrial production in November, that continues to increase. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Retail sales, the retail sales stand at about uh, 600 and I think it's about $640 billion a month. Uh, so the economy is strong and, and uh, getting better. So uh, this is Jim McAlee. You're listening to Get Rich Flow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. 
Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. back to Get This Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. Our free number is 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. You know, we talk about the big picture, you know, and the, the economy is strong and, the, uh, and uh, it's strong enough to generate inflation uh, worries. So now the Federal Reserve is going to kind of uh, uh, put some pressure on the interest rates to slow down the growth of the economy. And we, we're working with the uh, Omicron and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, in this, in the that's the, mac, the macro picture. In the micro picture, it boils down to how do we do it? In other words, uh, uh, we're working all our lives. Uh, uh, to basically provide for our families and uh, um, all the all the all the expenses of uh, keeping a standard of living where it's at and improving it over time as time goes by, and also preparing for uh, preparing the family for the future in terms of uh, education for the youngsters. Uh, Helping them uh, uh, get educated in, in their, their business or their college or whatever, and also uh, preparing for our retirement. So, uh, all all uh, investing uh, starts with saving. So, what you got to do is uh, put together your plan, identify uh, your goals, and. Uh, you might be, you know, you might be at the point where uh, all the kids have uh, graduated and they're out of the house and uh, the house is paid for. And, and basically then it boils down to taking a look at what's happening in your 401k and your uh, uh, brokerage accounts and things of this nature and saying, okay, uh, how do I prepare myself over the next 15 years? Uh, how do I take this money that I have accumulated so far for retirement? And how do I improve it and get it to the point when I finally do retire? Um, it'll last me till I'm 95 years old. So uh, it's it's like preparing for that uh, uh, long trip, a uh, 30-year trip. 
you know, from 65 to 95. So in order to do that, you have to really sit down and identify the goals, and you have to put numbers in, in terms of dollars uh, for those goals. I just talked about the uh, retirement and education and things of this nature, but uh, also people want to step up in their housing. They want uh, more vacations. They want uh, different things. Everybody has a different list of goals. And uh, what we do is uh, identify what the costs are going to be and then set up regiments of uh, savings. And uh, and uh, you look at it, you can look at it as savings and you can also look at it as a method of moving your uh, income into different places that uh, each one of those is for a specific goal, uh, for the new home, for the vacation home, for the kids' uh, education, for the year retirement fund. Uh, you've got pipelines that go from your income uh, to the uh, uh, to pools of money that are to be invested and to be able to support those goals in the future. So uh, that's basically what uh, we do, and we do it uh, basically for a living for a lot of people. So uh, that is one thing that uh, you can call us about and, and see where where you stand in your in your micro plan. So give us a call. The number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Now, let me go back to what I was talking about before and talk about uh, what is the strength of the economy that we have going right now that's basically so strong that it's generating uh, inflationary problems. So in terms of new home construction, new home construction, we've been watching new home construction for the last two years. And, uh, you know, when we started this uh COVID situation and everything shut down, uh, the first thing that came back uh, on board was the uh, home construction, and it's been working at a furious pace ever since, and uh, basically it's running as fast as it can, and it has been running into operational problems for the last, oh, I don't know, last year and a half, uh, the lack of skilled workers, uh, lack of buildable improved lots, uh, uh, price increases in materials, uh, lengthening delivery schedules, all these things are, are uh, with problems for the builders. And, uh, and the Department of Housing and Urban uh, Development puts out a, uh, a report each month called the Monthly New Residential Construction. And the uh, latest report reveals that home uh, construction jumped in November. Uh, Starts increased 11.8% in November from October, and the permits increased uh, 3.6%. So if you look at uh, October, uh, November versus October uh, this year, permits up 3.6% in one month, starts up 11.8% in one month, completions up 4.1% in one month. Uh, so... Basically, housing starts exploded in, in November, and the, the permits were uh, right behind it. And what you see is that uh, that's not the whole story. 
when you can take when you take a look at the the two big pieces of home construction or the single family home construction, which is the predominant one, and the multifamily home construction. And what you see in the uh, November versus uh, this November versus uh, October uh, this year, we see single family home permits have increased uh, uh, 2.6%. Multifamily homes uh, permits have increased 6.1%. We look at starts, single family starts up 11.3%. Multifamily starts up uh, 12.1%. If you take a look at uh, November of this year versus November of uh, last year, what you see is a a kind of a strange picture in a sense that the permits for single-family homes down 4.5% versus a year ago, multifamily up 15.0%. Starts down uh, eight-tenths of 1% or the single family, uh, multifamily starts up 39.1%. So uh, completions, single family down three-tenths of 1%, uh, multifamily up 13.8%. So there's definitely been a, a shift uh, from the uh, single family to the multifamily in terms of uh, uh, directions. Uh, originally, when this thing started, every, everybody was concentrated on the, mostly concentrated on the single family because people wanted to get away from living close to other people because of the pandemic. And uh, uh, now it's just turned into a, a, a good, strong uh, piece of the economy. And if we compare, uh, for instance, if we compare uh, year to date, January to November from 2001 to 2002, uh, we see the strength of this market in the sense that uh, permits, single family up 15.7%, multifamily up 27.7%. Starts, uh, single family up 15.2%, multifamily up 19.6%. So, uh, the numbers are there, you know, that uh, justify that home construction has been a strong uh, piece of this uh, sector of this economy. Uh, certainly, they're, they're running into with housing prices going up, with housing in general going up. In some cases, in the Cleveland area, it's gone up there. Uh, the whole area has gone up at least 15% over the last year. And uh, nationally, it's gone up uh, approximately average of about 20% over the last year. Prices are going up, and, and there, there's no end in, in sight to the need for housing. In other words, even at these rates that we're going at right now, you're still not at the point where uh, you're comparable to the number of houses that were built in 2005 and 2006 before the, before the crash. So... Uh, it's a strong segment, and it's moving. Uh, it'll probably have to decrease uh, or level off, not decrease. It'll probably have to plateau strictly because of the price of, of new home construction and, and, and home uh, sales in general. 
and talking about uh, the uh, how do the builders feel. Uh, the home building industry continues at a furious pace, but operational headwinds such as shortage of skilled labor, rising materials, and uh, all the rest of this stuff. Uh, but all these things have indented the builders' confidence. Uh, from their latest report from the National Association of Home Builders, despite inflation concerns and ongoing production bottlenecks, builders' confidence edged higher for the fourth consecutive month on strong consumer demand and limited existing inventory. Uh, building sentiment in the market for newly built single-family homes moved up one point to 84 in December, according to the National Association of Home Builders slash Wells Fargo Housing Market Index. And that's an index that's been going on for the last 35 years. And uh, uh, they released their results Wednesday, Wednesday and uh, that ties the highest reading of the year that was posted in February of this year. And according to their uh, chairman, uh, Chuck uh, uh, Toki, quote, when demand remains strong, finding workers, predicting prices, and dealing with material delays remains a challenge. Um, policymakers need to work. Policymakers, by policymakers, they mean the government needs to work on supply chain improvements and controlling uh, costly inflation. Uh, he then goes on to say addressing lumber tariffs would be a good place to start. Okay. Uh, then their chief economist, uh, Robert Deitz, he said building the most pressing issue for the housing industry means lack of inventory. Uh, buildings are building has increased, but the industry faces constraints in terms of cost, availability, labor, lots. Uh, while in 2021, uh, single family home starts are expected to end the year 24% higher than the pre-COVID 2019. We expect higher interest rates in 2022 to put a damper on the home uh, affordability. So, and they're seeing uh, part of the reason that they're seeing the increase in in uh, buying is because people are looking at that three percent uh, 30-year mortgage rate and saying and, uh, uh, that's not going to it's not going to be around forever. Particularly when the Federal Reserve is saying, well, we're going to start uh, we're going to start uh, we started tapering in the bond buying and we're going to start to raise the interest rates maybe May or May of next year, something like that. And we're going to raise them at basically 1% per year for a couple of years until um, we get up to at least 2% increase in the federal funds rate. Well, that's going to raise everything by basically 2% relatively. There's a lot of the markets and, and the economy has a lot to do with what's going to happen there, but that's just in general. Um, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back. Blowing 
a bushels of fun Now the jingle hop has begun Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bells time and jingle bell time Welcome back to Get This Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you give us a call. You got this toll-free number. It's one 288 281 1110 Hi, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to the punch. Yeah. <laughs> we did have a caller. Donna gave us a call, and she wants to know what are the rules for the non-spouse beneficiaries of retirement accounts since they changed that law and the new law took effect. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was a case of uh, uh, they needed money. <laughs> Congress needed money. So uh, one of the things they did change was the, uh, uh, the stretch IRA. Now, this is a, this is, uh, when I talk about the stretch IRA, I'm talking about the, the uh, uh, traditional IRA, where you could basically, in the old days, you could, uh, let, let's say the usual case would be, hey, I've got a, a couple, they have uh, uh, two or three children, and the uh, estate planning consists of uh, if uh, one of the uh, couple uh Die, then the assets go to the surviving couple, and then uh, when the surviving couple passes on, when the surviving person passes on, then uh, they go to the youngsters, and they generally the part of the estate is generally uh, IRAs, which uh, if it was going to a non-spouse could be stretched out from the time they got it. Uh, the IRA to their life expectancy, which, you know, it might be uh, 50 years from now. So they could stretch this IRA out and uh, uh, they have to pay a required minimum distribution each year. If they were traditional IRA, traditional stretch IRA, or if it was a Roth IRA, they would stretch it out. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. All right, there's always three sneezes. <laughs> I guess I got two on my um, So the, the idea here was that to, you could, in the case of the Roth IRA, you still had the same stretch idea, but you didn't have to pay taxes on the money. Uh, uh, but they changed that to uh, you have to get rid of the uh, asset in uh, 10 years in those uh, uh, inherited or beneficiary IRA accounts. So there's no formula for uh, you know, taking the money out. There's no requirement that you're, you take the money out each uh, each year, a required minimum distribution. Like in the old days, it was, hey, if you had, a, if you had uh, 30 years left before you got to your life expectancy, you'd have to take account the first year you got it, you'd have to take out one-thirtieth of the... Uh, of the uh, retirement amounts, the IRA amounts, and then the next year would be 129th, 128th, 127th until you got to your life expectancy, and then you'd have taken it all out. So now, all got to be gone in 10 years. Uh, they don't care how you take it out. There's no requirements that you take out so much each year. So 
our advice is generally, hey, you take a look at your tax situation, and uh, if the, uh, your tax situation will, will, if it will give you some guidance in terms of, hey, I expect this much money, then maybe I should take it out uh, a couple of years from now or something like that. Or if there's no information you're getting from taking a look at your taxes, you might just say, okay, I'm going to take out uh, one-tenth each year, you know, just to make sure you could take the whole thing out in, in uh, the minute you got it. But uh, if it's a sizable um, if it's a sizable amount that's in the IRA, well, you'll be looking at, okay, I took out $300,000. Okay, that meet, that year... Uh, you're basically in the 37% tax bracket. So uh, the, the year that you took that amount of money out, so you, you've got to gauge it. And uh, now for children less than uh, the, uh, the age of majority, then they're still on that uh, the old process of taking so much money out. But once they do get to the age of majority, then, it, then it's the, uh, the 10-year rule from then on. So... Uh, it's basically one of the things that's happened, and the stretch IRA disappeared. And uh, well, another thing that happened—I don't know whether Don asked this question or not—but you know, the seventy and a half, where you had to start your required minimum distribution, the years you became seventy and a half, that disappeared also, and now it's seventy-two. When you get to age seventy-two, then you have to start uh, your required minimum distributions. So. Uh, except if you have Roth IRAs, which is still, you still don't have to take uh, required minimum distributions with a Roth IRA. So, um, I hope that answers Donna's question. If you have, Donna, if you want to give us a call, uh, we'll, we'll make room on the, on the show for you. It's 1-888-281-1110. Thank you very much. This is Jim McAlee. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning. Jim McAleese, give us a call. Number here is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. You know, again, we go back to the economy, and basically, uh, that's what uh, that's what investing is, is about in terms of uh, uh, it's a strong economy, and what we're seeing in the, in this economy right now is that the even if inflation is uh, rolling along, uh, the companies and do have the ability to uh, protect their earnings. In other words, uh, first quarter earnings of this year were great. Uh, second quarter were great. Third quarter was supposed to be down, but supposed to be down by 10%, but it was only down by one half or 1%. And it was still approximately 40% above. Uh, the earnings are still 40% above what they were last year. So uh, it, it's been a... a uh, a good year, and uh, companies have been able to protect their earnings, uh, even with increased labor costs, increased uh, material costs. Everything is getting passed down to the to the end user, 
pass it on to the next guy. Uh, hopefully, all that will uh, that'll be solved both both by what the Federal Reserve is doing as well as by uh, this uh, uh, chain of uh, uh, you know supply chain getting corrected. And that's a matter of that's that's going to be a matter of. Uh, uh, people building up their inventory. Maybe after Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas will be a, a, a Christmas really spikes up in terms of the uh, uh, needs for needs for goods and things of this nature. But after Christmas, uh, we might find that, that uh, uh, the supply chains begin to uh, right themselves. It'll it'll take time. It'll probably be the second half of next year before the supply chains get down to the point where they're reasonable again. But let's talk about let's talk about something else here. Let's talk about the uh, retail sales. So retail sales in November, they hit a new record, uh, uh, $640 billion if you go with the seasonable adjusted annual rate, and uh, $650 billion if you go with the, the, the actual nominal dollars and numbers that moving around. The customers are, are eager to buy in spite of the uh, Delta or the uh, Omicron. And according to the Department of Labor report, advanced monthly sales for retail and food services uh, for November, they were up three-tenths of one percent. So that they, the, uh, I think the Omicron has slowed them down a little bit. And if I take a look at the uh, the American consumer, hey, they're right in there with that $650 billion uh, per month spending. A, uh, uh, the uh, the uh, That's less than uh, the spent, less than the increase that happened in October. In October, it jumped up to, I uh, jumped up 1.8%. So, uh, the smaller increase is probably reflects the consumer getting an early start on the Christmas shopping, as well as maybe the the fear of the uh, uh, the new virus uh, and uh, the rise in in sales. Partly reflects the higher consumer price indexes, uh, you know, and the the latest CPI data shows an eight tenth of a percent increase in the month of November as well as the first October, and a uh, 6.8% increase from a year uh, earlier. So if you're taking a look at what that's going to cost you, there's a report out uh, from uh, the, uh, uh, I don't know who it's from, it estimates that the historic level of inflation will require the average U.S. household to spend around $3,500 more in 2001 uh, to, to achieve the same level of consumption of goods and services as in 2019 or 2020. So, uh, you know, the bottom, uh, uh, the money will be spent on food. There's uh, more money will be spent on food, shelter, and other commodities and uh, services. So, uh, what you're looking at is uh, a significant. Well, let's see. That's too much, too, 
too much reading here. I got to wrap the show up. <laughs> this is this is Jim McAleese. Listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. As we look forward to Christmas with its religious significance and the exchange of presents, we have to know that we have 12 gifts that were given to us by God at birth that allows us to overcome any obstacles. The first gift is strength. May you remember to call upon it whenever you need it. The second, beauty. May your deeds reflect its depth. The third, courage. May you speak and act with confidence and use courage to follow your own path. The fourth gift, compassion. May you be gentle with yourself and with others. May you forgive those who hurt you and yourself when you make mistakes. The fifth is hope. Throughout each passage and season, may you trust the goodness of life. The sixth is joy. May it keep your heart open and filled with light. The seventh, talent. May you discover your own special abilities and contribute them towards a better world. The eighth, imagination. May it nourish your visions of dreams. The ninth is reverence. May you appreciate the wisdom, the wonder that you are, and the miracle of all creation. Tenth is wisdom. Guiding your way, wisdom will lead you through knowledge to understanding. May you hear its soft voice. The eleventh is love. May it grow each time you give it away. The twelfth gift is faith. May you believe now you know about your twelve gifts and use your gifts well and you will discover others among those the gift that is uniquely you so until we meet again next week with more get red slow may god protect you and keep you safe You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.